Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. For those of you who are uh, listening on Facebook or uh, somewhere else out in the etheric this morning, uh, welcome to the the morning worship service of uh, Lexington Christian Church. Always glad to have have our friends and, and family tune in if they can't make it to uh, make it to church on Sunday morning. Uh, tonight, our Bible study will be opposition and criticism. How to handle it? Hmm. There's a lot of a lot of us could use answers to that. I think. Okay. <laughs> oh, any birthdays this week? No birthdays. What about uh, anniversaries? I thought there was somebody's hand going up. He's scratching his nose. <laughs> let's uh, let's worship the Lord this morning. Turning to number three thirty-seven. In my heart, there rings a melody. Stand and sing. I have a song that Jesus gave me in the sin from heaven above. There never was a sweeter melody, so mellowing above. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody with heaven's harmony. Number 414, have thine own way, Lord.
take us to the Lord in prayer, please. Sure. Our Father in God, we are so blessed. Lord, we do ask you to come. Come here with us. Come here alongside us. Come here, Lord, near to us so that we can feel and know your presence and so that you can have your own way. Have your own way in our hearts. Have your own way in our minds. Have your own way in our lives. Lord, we've come to serve you wholeheartedly. We have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. So, Lord, yes, fill us. Fill us with your spirit. Let this place be so filled with your joy, with your love, with your mercy and your grace. That no one will leave without knowing they've been in the presence of God. We know you're always with us, but there's those special moments when we get so close that we can feel you. Let this be one of those times. Ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is uh, number 259. Here, O my Lord, I see thee face to face.
John Clemick has our communion meditation. Do you know how you can spot the difference between Christians and non-Christians? No, that isn't a lead into a bad joke. The difference between Christians and non-Christians is really serious, but it isn't totally obvious. Big devil horns, for example, don't stick out of the heads of non-Christians, and huge angel halos don't circle the heads of Christians. Lined up on a football bench, believers and unbelievers all wear the same uniform. Sitting at desks at school, they all just look like kids trying to get a good grade. You probably know unbelievers who are just as nice, just as smart, and just as friendly as believers. But there's still a difference. It's huge. And it matters for all of eternity. Amen. Unbelievers are cut off from God and eternal life. That means they can't stop sinning. They're slaves to sin. Believers have a friendship with God and the guarantee of eternal life. They have been rescued from their sin and now are part of God's family. Maybe you've heard of non-Christians need to know Jesus so many times that the hugeness of the fact bounces off you. It's really easy not to care when non-Christians can do so much like you. Or when non-Christians can be so much like you. But God hasn't forgotten the difference. He aches for the millions and millions of people, possibly thousands, just in your school and hometown, who don't know him. He's incredibly concerned for each one, so concerned, in fact, that he took the ultimate step for every student, mom, dad, and other person. He became a human being and gave his life for them. This is serious business to God. He doesn't want anyone to perish or to go to hell because he had He or she hasn't asked his forgiveness. He died to rescue the lost, and his rescue operation didn't stop at the cross. God gives us the privilege of being a rescuer along with him. There are countless people in the world just waiting for someone to tell them about God's unconditional love. So we want to tell as many people as we can that Jesus has come to set them free. Let's pray. Father, give us compassion for our non-Christian friends. Help us never to forget that they are lost without you. Today we turn to you and ask in Jesus' name to demolish the strongholds in their minds that those sins have allowed. We ask that these walls are broken so they have the ability to see you. Help them choose your mercy and your gift of grace to believe with their hearts and confess with their mouths. Jesus is Lord. We ask in your will that not any should perish. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's take a few moments and just reflect on our relationship with Jesus, what he's done for us and what it's meant for us.
When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover dinner, Jesus took bread, broke it, blessed it, passed it among them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, Jesus took it and giving thanks, passed it among them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Let's turn to number 493 and continue to praise the Lord. We don't understand it now, but we'll understand it better by and by. Amen. Trials dark on every Yeah. 
seat. Brother Wayne. Wayne Morris has a special this morning. song is referring to uh, a trip that Moses and the tribe uh, or the entire uh, country of Israel was looking for a new home and they knew by faith that they would find another country and another home Amen. and we're, we're doing the same thing On Jordan's stormy banks I stand And cast a wishful eye To Canaan's fair and happy land Where my possessions lie We will rest in the fair and happy land By and by just across on the evergreen shore Sing the song of Moses and the Lamb By and by and dwell with Jesus evermore O'er all those wide extended plains Shines one eternal day There God the sun forever reigns and scatters night away. We will rest in the fair and happy land by and by, just across on the evergreen shore. Sing the song of Moses and the Lamb by and by, and dwell with Jesus evermore. Filled with delight, my raptured soul would here no longer stay. Though Jordan's waves around me roll, fearless I'd launch away. We will rest in the fair and happy land by and by. Just across on the evergreen shore Sing the song of Moses and the Lamb By and by and dwell with Jesus evermore Sing the song of Moses and the Lamb By and by and dwell with Jesus evermore Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that was awesome, Wayne. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. You know, the other day I went to, uh, I went to the bank. Mark had Mark take me up there because I had uh, somebody using my credit card other than me. <laughs> So I had to get a new card and change that one out. But uh, while I was there, I was standing there, or sitting there, and this guy was standing off to the side. And 
He kept smiling, smiling. Finally, he comes over and he says, I just want to shake your hand and thank you for your service. It's like, okay, don't know how you know, but thank you. And then a few minutes later, he comes over and he sits down in the chair beside of me and he says, you know, he said, I just feel like the Lord told me to come over here and lay my hands on the back of your head and pray for you. He says, is that okay? I said, yeah, it's fine. I said, I'm a minister. He said, what? (laughs) Uh, Never know. Never know. But he did. And praise the Lord. I am grateful. I'm grateful. So we can see that uh, there are people who are not ashamed. That are not ashamed to do what God tells them. And we need to be that way. Well, this morning, as we continue on in our study here of the book of of Mark, we are now at the beginning of chapter 4. We're going to read and uh, talk about the parable of the soils, the parable of the four soils. So let me go ahead and read, and then we'll get into it. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and set set in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundredfold. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When Jesus, uh, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parable. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. 
Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Then he said to them, do you, uh, do you bring, I, I think I'm going to stop there. Uh, but here's the thing, is there's these four different types of soil. It's all the same seed. It's all the same sower. But it's about the soil that receives it. Now, how many in here have ever done any plant planting of any kind and, and grown stuff? Yeah, we, we all have experienced where, you know, if you have, if you have ground that is mostly clay, <laughs> it's hard to get anything to grow in it, isn't it? I mean, it's just hard. It's hard. And it's not very, uh, it's, it's not very uh, f- filled with the nutrients and things that's needed for the plants to grow. Now, when he talks about sowing, the word that is used in the original uh, language for sowing is the same word that's used for rain coming down. And both are involved in bringing life. The rain brings life to plants, to man. We have to have water or we won't survive. And likewise, seed, this seed brings life. This seed is sown and it brings life. When it grows, it brings life. The one who sows the seed, of course, is God or it's Jesus. And that seed is sown out in order for life eternal life to come into people. Now, I believe that we can at different times be any one of those four types of soil. I know there was a time in my life when I was like that clay. (laughs) I didn't let anything in. I was closed-minded. I was closed-hearted. You were not going to bother me with your gospel. (laughs) You were not going to penetrate me with that gospel. I had plans and it didn't involve Jesus. My plans at that time was to become a millionaire, to work and make money and do what I wanted. Anybody else ever do something like that? It's actually pretty common. And it's what our culture teaches often. Whether they realize that's what they're teaching or not, the the message that comes across through television, through ads, and often through billboards and other things is, is that money is God. You have money, you can do anything you want. Except go to heaven. (laughs) Money may be good for this world, but that's all. Then it's gone, it's done, and then hell comes for you. We know that from the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. 
So I think that part of this is, is that there's different times in our lives when we are more receptible to Jesus and to his word. Sometimes we have to go through some major illness or some major loss in order for our hearts to be softened, to receive the word of God, to receive Jesus, to realize that we can't do it on our own. Isn't that sad that we have to go out and literally almost have a heart attack or, or get put down in another way or just lose everything? You know, I know one guy. Uh, I went to Louisville Bible College with him for a short period of time. But this, this guy, I, I've talked about him before. You know, I wrecked his race car. But anyway... Uh, you know, he, he's, he's not very tall. He was born of a mother who was an addict. And he had no hands. His arms are short. And uh, they did, I don't know, 70, 80 surgeries over his lifetime. He was adopted by a lady who became a pediatrician because of that. And uh, so they made him little nubs. That's his nickname is Nubby. They made him little nubs. Now, he has done so much more with, without all of the abilities than a lot of us have ever done with the abilities. He raced motorcycles. He raced cars. He made a million dollars and then lost it and then made another million. You know, he'd done a lot. And I got to say, sometimes he's not very humble, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, he's a hard worker. He didn't give up just because he had these challenges. He didn't stop. He kept going. We all have that same opportunity. It all depends on what drives us, what motivates us. When he lost his first million dollars, he was not a Christian. And he was doing things with that money that he shouldn't have been doing. And then he realized that there is a better way. Someone shared the gospel with him. So he did things more God's way. Not entirely, but more. <laughs> more like God would have him to do. And he, he used it in a better way. So there's an example. At one point in his life, he had that hard heart. And the sowing was done, but it landed on rocky ground. Hard ground. Didn't grow. Then another time. It hit him a different way. He got excited for a little bit. But then decided no this is not for me. He quit. Went back to his old ways. Then later on. It hit good soil. He had hit rock bottom. His health was going bad. Lost everything. 
He heard the word of God again. Someone came in his room and prayed for him and prayed with him and shared the gospel. And, you know, what he said was, he said, I thought I knew. I thought I knew Jesus. But it turned out it was Jesus that knew me. Amen. Can we identify with that? I can. (laughs) I've been baptized four times. Four times. I know I only needed once, but the first three didn't count because I didn't really give my life to Jesus. I was, first time, I was doing what all my friends were doing. And that's really all it amounted to. Second time, I thought I meant it. But then when people started to mock me, to make fun of me, because I was now holier than they were. That was what I kept hearing, holier than thou. And so after a while, I just kind of quit. I gave it up. The third time I was baptized, I didn't, I meant it, but I didn't understand what was going on. I really didn't understand what all it meant about being cleansed by the blood of God. I wanted it, but I didn't really know what it meant. But that last time that I got baptized, I understood I knew Jesus. I knew what he wanted. And I wanted to make sure that I had done it correctly. And ever since then, I know I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I know. Anybody ask me, if you die right now, are you going to heaven? Yes, absolutely, I am going to heaven. And I can't wait. (laughs) Wait a minute, is the bus pulling up? (laughs) I'm ready. But I think that, again, you know, I know often this is taught much different, but I believe, okay? I'm not saying this is necessarily what the Bible's saying. But what I believe is, is that a person can go through all four of these stages in their lifetime. And when you get to that one place where you've hit bottom, where you've realized I can't do this on my own. Well, then you're ready to reach up for somebody who's reaching down, and Jesus is reaching down. And he says, I will lift you up if you submit to me. If you honor me with your life, if you confess your sins, if you confess you're a sinner, if you repent of those sins, and if you want to follow me, Then you be baptized and you come. We'll cleanse you. You'll be made a new creature in Christ. A new person. Start all over. It's a rebirth. You know, I was reading something the other day. And and this, uh, this person likened our life here on earth as being in the womb, spiritual womb. 
waiting to be birthed into heaven. Now, I'm not sure that I follow that analogy completely, but at least partly. We do go through a spirit womb to be born again. And you know, the Bible teaches not necessarily that we are saved right now, but that we are being saved day by day. But our salvation will not be complete until we leave this world to go be with the Lord or he comes to take us home. Then we will be saved. Then it will be complete. That's not the mean that we can't say we're saved now because we are. But never forget, it's a process. It's a process. The growing every day. Growing, getting into the word every day, staying in touch with the Lord every day by talking to him. It's a process. If we just merely come forward and say a prayer and dedicate our lives to Jesus and then walk out and do whatever we want, I'm sorry, but you didn't meet the same Jesus I did. Because when I met the Lord, he told me to do what he says. Not just what I want. I can go out and and folks, you all know this. There's people out there that if you want evil, you can find it. It doesn't matter what kind of evil you want, you can find it. It's there. And here's what scares me about so many people today. Is that rather than being thankful, rather than being grateful... For what Jesus has done. They want to get as close. To the edge of the fire. As they can. To see if they can. Stay far enough away. To not get burned. But close enough to enjoy the heat. Now you, you put the spiritual. Application there to sin. They want to get as close to sin. As they can and enjoy it. Like they used to without participating. I got news for you. If you do that, you're already participating. Jesus said that if we look at a member of the opposite sex and lust after them, we've already committed adultery with them in our heart. It's not about seeing what we can get away with. It's about realizing that Jesus has changed us in our very core being. He changed us. He cleansed us. He empowered us with the Holy Spirit to live a life of righteousness, a life of holiness, a life set apart from the sinfulness, not to play with it anymore, but to be done with it. That's when we get down to where the rubber hits the road. That's when we realize that that seed was Planted in the good soil. That's when we had become, when our hearts had become the good soil. When we really have that realization about how much Jesus loves us. About how much Jesus gave up for you, for me. When he died on that cross. When he went through all of that pain and suffering. When he was beaten. And when he bled. And when he died. And when he said, forgive them father for they know not what they do. And he said, all who come unto me and call on my name will be saved. Have you done that? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you really know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 
Have you really got a relationship with him where you talk to him and walk with him and you hear him in your heart and your mind and you feel his presence in your life by the peace that you have even in the midst of a storm? Do you really know Jesus? Did that soil become good soil when you received that seed? Or was your heart heart still hardened a little bit? Did you get excited for a little while and then let fizzled out and you're no longer excited to go to church? You're no longer excited about reading the Word of God and you don't want to get into prayer meetings? No, no, I'm not that fanatical. Well, bless God, I am a fanatic for Jesus. Amen? I'm a fanatic for Jesus because I will live with Him forever when I leave this life. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with my Jesus. I'm going to see Him. I'm going to be in His presence. I'm going to be loved by Him. I'm going to love Him. I'm going to see all of the people who died before me and my family. And everybody there will be my family, by the way. Amen. Amen. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again, folks. I want a revival in my heart. I want a revival in my life. I want to live for Jesus in a way that He wants me to live. I don't want to just sit down and watch the world go by and all of them die and go to hell. I want to get out there and I want to share the gospel with them and I want to be alive in Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me. I want the Holy Spirit to work through me. I want to be alive as a Christian. I want to be alive for Jesus. I want to live, not die. I want to show the life and the love of Jesus. I don't want to just sit and watch people go to hell. I want to help them to know Jesus in the same way that I know Jesus. Are you with me? Let's come alive, church. Let's show the people of Lexington, Indiana, how much Jesus loves them. Let's show the people around us in our neighborhoods, the people that we, we live next to. You know, yesterday I got a surprise. I was out there working in the garage, and uh, the neighbors were having some kind of shemdig over there. And I, the, the, the lady there, Lindsay, she come over and she says, you, you doing anything for dinner? I said, well, I'm going to go in and cook something and eat. <laughs> and she started laughing. She said, nah, come on over and fill you up a plate. She said, my, my oldest daughter graduated. We're having graduation parties. She said, we got all kinds of food. Come, and, come fill you up a plate. So I went over there. And it was good, too. <laughs> Pulled pork, barbecue, barbecue, chicken legs, and whew, all the fixings. It was good. Troy was over there with his little niece. They'd been in the pool, but... Uh, I went over and I sat down with her husband, William, and we had a good talk. We had a good talk. It's nice to be neighborly. And it's nice when they return it. They appreciated those picnic tables. So, praise the Lord. You know, we all need to do a little investigation We all need to look into our hearts and see what kind of soil is our heart right now. Because this is not something that just happens once and then it's over. Once we make a decision to follow Jesus, but then we have to continue to make that decision every day. Did you ever wake up and everything seemed to go wrong? And you're just angry and upset. Uh, 
Then we have to look in the mirror and say, Lord, is this what you want me to be? Is this how you want me to be, angry and upset? You know, I can remember, and I know Laverne can testify to this, when, when we were all going to church together, the kids were little, it never failed. It was a fight to get everybody ready to go to church. And by the time we got there, sometimes we're so aggravated, you couldn't enjoy church. But as soon as you walk in, you go, praise the Lord. False. Not real. We need to learn to not let the little stuff upset us so much. Your life will be a lot less stressful (laughs) if we learn to relax, let go, and let God. We have a need this morning. Smile the Lord as we sing, Brother Bob. Our invitation this morning is number 539. Where he leads me, I will follow. Let's stand and sing. Thank 
You know, it's not about just us doing things for God, but He also has done so much for us already. And everything we do in His name, He's right there with us. He walks with us and He empowers us to do His will as long as we're willing to do His will, His way. He empowers us, He moves with us, and He will use us. That's how He gives us that grace and that glory. I forgot to mention, I have the Father's Day gifts today because next week we'll be down at the tent. So I wanted to go ahead and take care of that this week uh, so that we, uh, we have time for everybody to get it. Brother Bob. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Sit down. Thank you. Don't mind if I do. Thank you, Mike. Ah. Well, let's see. Not much in the way of announcements. Uh, information about next week. And uh, what did we finally decide on uh, breakfast? 8.30 or what? Mary? Start serving what? 8.30? Mm-hmm. Okay. 8.30 is good. I'll come over early and eat. Get down there. Get everything ready. Right. Let's see. Mary Chris, we are having Bible study tonight. Okay. Right. We'll be tired from putting chairs away after the meeting anyway. Uh, Tonight's scheduler study is on opposition and criticism, how to handle it. I found it easier just to run from it. But we'll, we'll find out tonight. Let's see. Okay. Take a look at the prayer list on a light note. Oh, feel like you've been to church today. Yes, sir.
Have a great day. Stay dry. We'll see you at 5 o'clock.